This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. Each week, we preview the business and market headlines with Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham. And it's a very good afternoon to Craig. How are you doing? I'm really good, mate. Really good. We've got a lovely little bank holiday coming up, the second in a, in a few weeks, and there's still one more to come. What's Plus, I'm going to be on holiday, about? of course, uh, and I won't be here at all next week. Yeah, so, lucky uh, you. I'm here bragging about an extra day off, and yeah. you're uh, off on a, a week, is it a way, or two uh, weeks? It's, it's a week, but Nick Howard will be back in the chair next week. So worry ye not, we still <laughs> require your services. Let's first reflect on those uh, non-farm payroll figures way above expectations. U.S. jobs have risen considerably. 263,000 jobs added in April. Unemployment has fallen to a 50-year low of 3.6%. This is all great news for uh, the President of the United States. And he's been straight on Twitter to let us know. It is an interesting report. The headline figures are fantastic, but we've seen this so much this year already. Uh, and previously, we've attributed more to the government shutdown. The, the non-farm payrolls in particular, the figures have been wild. And we've wondered how much has that influenced the, the collection of the data and what's been the aftermath effects. And then last month, it seemed to stabilise. The unemployment was in line, job creation was in line, wages um, slipped a little bit. It looked as if we were kind of getting back to a norm. And then you see these figures today, and it seems to have just gone all out of whack again. Like you say, incredible job creation numbers. The unemployment rate falls to 3.6%. These are all incredible figures. But there's a reason why the dollar is trading lower. At the start of the release, we were trading around 111.50 against the euro. We're now trading up around kind of 112, so the euro strengthening against the US dollar despite the initial volatility. And the reason why we're seeing this is because the other figures aren't necessarily great. The, the figures underlying it, the ones that markets tend to pay more attention to once you get that initial reaction out of the way, aren't great. Participation fell to, I think it's 62.6%, if I'm not mistaken, from 62.8. So you've got a corresponding 0.2 drop in the uh, participation rate and you've got in the unemployment rate so that suggests that while job creation is partially driving that drop in unemployment it's also being driven actually by people falling out of the labor market which isn't a positive sign and also suggests that this may actually rebalance itself in a following report then you've got the earnings figures dropped to 62.8 percent sorry from 63 i've just double checked that so still a drop in the participation and then you've got the average earnings which rose by 3.2 percent we were expecting 3.4 so a miss on expectations there again we're not saying that 3.2% is necessarily bad, but a couple of months ago we were at 3.4, so we're not necessarily seeing that pick up. So that's another thing that markets are really paying attention to, because ultimately, if we're going to see rate hikes, we need to see more inflation if the economy is still in a little bit of doubt. And now what we're seeing is wage growth, which is effectively a core driver of inflation, is slipping and inflation at the same time is slipping. Markets have reacted very positively uh, on both sides of the Atlantic, uh, the FTSE up around uh, 1%. Yes, if we take this as a, as a whole, we've seen markets responding better to a, a report that potentially suggests that the Fed is not going to be raising interest rates soon, and this almost supports the view that a rate cut is going to be likely at the end of the year. And at a time when the economy uh, and the outlook is weaker, then uh, a dovish central bank that is seen as being extra accommodative is what has been supporting markets. It almost seems like a lifetime ago now, but if we think back over the last decade, there was a time when the famous thing was like the central bank is the only game in town and equity markets were making record highs, even though the econ economies around the world were struggling quite significantly. And that's because central banks were coming to the rescue. Now we're looking at an outlook where 
people are a bit more pessimistic on the economy so they need the central banks to jump in in order to be supportive both for, from the economic perspective but also from a market's perspective think back to earlier this week we had the fed announcement which was less dovish than we were expecting fed chair powell suggesting that we need to be patient that there's no point in commenting on rates in either direction at this moment in time effectively closing the door temporarily on the potential for a rate cut which is an after that event was more than 50 percent priced in for this year so by being less dovish than what they were expecting, the markets actually fell. So now we're starting to see that pivot between central banks, what they say, and whether the markets are bullish or dovish, positive or negative, effectively. That's not necessarily a good sign. Bullish or bearish, and it really is the end of the week, isn't it? It is, and, and, and talking of the end of the week, we had some comments on Friday morning from, uh, well, we're talking about rates from the Deputy Governor of the Bank of England, uh, Ben Broadbent. He said that interest rate... A household name. <laughs> well, uh, he was asked whether he was going to apply for the job, for Mark Carney's job, and he says he hasn't decided yet. Uh, A politician's answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's all we need. Um, but he's talking about a one-quarter point rate rise uh, this year. He said it's not particularly dramatic, but obviously we had the comments earlier in the week about the possibility of more rises uh, next year. So we're getting differing opinions on both sides of the Atlantic, aren't we, in terms of rates? first comment is why do people always ask deputies etc if they're going to apply for an upcoming job when we always know that they're not going to answer it i was listening to a podcast earlier on today asking the deputy speaker in the house of commons if he's going to apply for john perko's job given that he's uh, reported to be leaving this year or next and he gave a similar politician's answer i don't even know why the journalists bother asking the questions anymore unless you're asking someone unpredictable like boris who you could probably get if quite you a decent say yes, of. I mean, that puts the kibosh on it forever, doesn't it, really? Because it shows a, a level of arrogance, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, so d- there's just no point. Again, I can, I can understand asking some. But anyway, we've gone off topic, and that's very much my fault. Uh, in terms of the, the divergence for between, across the Atlantic, yeah, I mean, we've got to remember, I, I, I'm probably more hawkish from a UK perspective than I am the US, because the, you U- should apply the, for the, job. the UK <laughs> it is very much behind the curve. Brexit has really stalled the Bank of England's potential to raise interest rates. We're talking about the US unemployment being the lowest since the late 60s. I think we're very much in the same boat in the UK, even if the rate is a little bit higher. Wages are growing at 3.5% in the UK. Inflation is at target, and yet interest rates are at 0.75% in the US, the range between 225 and 2.5%. And the reason is because of Brexit, because the economy has slowed a little bit, because the level of economic uncertainty... Which... Even so, if there was no Brexit, though, our rates wouldn't be at 2 and 3 quarter percent though, would they? No, but they'd probably be closer to two than one which is what where they are now and they're actually below one so the the and so therefore if we are hopeful and i think that's all we can be at this moment in time if we're hopeful that brexit is going to be resolved one way or another this year then the bank of england is probably want to get want to get going with uh raising interest rates because unless the economy takes a dive We can't honestly be sitting here saying that the worst part of the financial crisis prior to quantitative easing being announced when interest rates were at 0.5%, that we are roughly on a parallel and we only require interest rates 0.25% above. Don't get me wrong. Personally, I don't want them. Personally, we all like low interest rates. but, (laughs) But we need to be realistic here and say that we don't require emergency stimulus in this country uh, as a whole right now and the bank of england very much does know that and do you think it's because uh, we as a country have almost become addicted 
to low interest rates and mm. there's a there's a bubble out there and the Bank of England is worried about that bubble and is going to do it sort of softly softly over the next I'm sure they intended to do that starting a couple of years ago but it just hasn't quite gone that way as you say because of of Brexit there's enough uncertainty out there already and if say rates were suddenly a half or three quarter percent higher than they are now there could be some victims yeah they are they, they they certainly are going to take their time with it they're not going to rush this one through but at the moment they're not rushing and they're not being slow they're on pause because effectively they don't want to be raising interest rates and then having to reverse course if brexit goes wrong yes. What is happening with brexit by the way i know we don't like to talk about it that often if we can help it but we're in a sort of purgatory at the moment we are uh, and, and to be honest I'm, I'm really enjoying it because yeah the it Head in the sand time, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. It, it is. and But this was always the problem with the six-month break, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. The problem with six-month break is uh, hold MPs on, hold lost... On, hold on, sorry to cut you off there, but European elections on May the 23rd, which they're still talking about we might not be involved with. I don't get that. Yeah, we're very much going to be involved with those European elections. Let's be honest, we may just not actually see these people sit in parliament if we actually start oh, to make some movement. but let's be honest without urgency we don't get a resolution no. and urgency is now gone until halloween so <laughs> i think we're in for a scary october and yeah that that's just what we've that, i've come to accept that personally but it like i say it gives us all a bit of a break uh, and it's been nice looking at the stories focusing on other things because there are other things going on in the world let's face it Brexit is an extreme level of uncertainty for yeah. the Bank of England and therefore it has to take it seriously and I think it would have loved the UK just to get on with it one way or another yeah. back at the end of March but now it can't really commit either way so that's where we currently stand I do think the Bank of England could raise interest rates before the Fed next does but it's not going to be before the end of the year, I don't think. OK, let's uh, reflect a bit more about the coming days. We've got some earnings uh, coming up this next week and also some central bank news as well. What do you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with the central banks because, I mean, we've just been talking about the Bank of England raising interest rates, the Federal Reserve maybe not knowing whether it's going to raise or cut interest rates, but having a bias towards raising interest rates. And then we're going to hear from the RBA and the RBNZ, not necessarily some of the most widely reported central banks that we obviously hear from here in the UK. But these are ones which have had higher interest rates for longer than throughout this entire last decade. There's some of the central banks that haven't required extraordinary stimulus measures like quantitative easing. But now the RBA is expected to cut interest rates next week from 1.5 to 1.25% because we are seeing uh, house price deflation, because we are seeing low levels of income growth, low levels of inflation, and because uh, the knock-on effects of a slowdown in China is taking its toll as well. So we're now expecting to see uh, an interest rate cut from the RBA. I don't think it's guaranteed, but the comments that we've had recently have certainly alluded to um, such a move. And this is this is a central bank that not too long ago was saying the next rate move is likely to be higher. So we've seen a dramatic turn here. If they're the first central bank now to actually go in and enact that rate cut, then others may not be as far behind uh, as we previously thought. And the RBNZ is another one that is expected to be considering it, although maybe not actually implementing it next week. In terms of earnings... Uh, International Airlines Group, who of course uh, we know are the owners of British Airways, uh, they are set to release their earnings. Uh, what else stands out for you? Yeah, so I mean the the IAG earnings is always going to be interesting, especially when we know we're in a, a challenging environment, should we say, for the airlines. We've seen numerous airlines 
go uh, out of business o- over the last couple of years. We've seen a number of different struggles uh, because of capacity. When we look at Brexit, then that's had an impact on uh, people's holiday plans as well that we know in recent months, and therefore we have seen discounting in order to try and fill up those holiday places. I imagine it's going to be another difficult quarter uh, for IAG, but again, it's one that's certainly going to be interesting to follow because of the long-standing developing story that we have been seeing in this space. Earnings season is going to be a lot quieter next week. First and foremost, I think there's three companies from the FTSE 100 reporting, but we are moving more towards a European earnings season than we are US. US, we've got about 53 companies reporting earnings next week. Nothing majorly stands out. The big companies that we all know about, the Apples, the Amazons, the banks, etc. of this world, have all reported already. So I think we're now in the latter stages of earnings season in terms of how we're actually doing. It's actually been quite a decent earnings season compared to what we were expecting. Um, We may even avoid a negative earnings growth which means we may avoid an earnings recession in the first half of this year so that would be a significant achievement even if the earnings beat the way it's been is because the bar's been lowered to a point that has made it possible which is something the US is very much known for Uh, so that's um, some of the major uh, economic events for next week got UK GDP on Friday and a few pieces of data there as well um, which I'm sure traders will be keeping an eye out for other than this is the South African election um, which takes place next week unemployment there 27.1% I know if I was uh, in that country right now and I was seeing power outages uh, and was one of the 27.1% unemployed I would very much be heading to the polls and I'm sure many of them uh, will be but that is an event that really stands out for me next week and I'm, I'm sure we could potentially see a lot of volatility in the South African rand if anything unexpected happens but at the moment from everything that I read and see um, I don't think there's going to be too many shocks there. Craig have a very good week enjoy the UK while I'm in Mykonos won't you? Oh I will do my very <laughs> best I hope you have a lovely relaxing and I rest as well. So. I hope so too have a good week. From the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.